This is a Federal News Network podcast. Over on Capitol Hill, the lame duck session has both the current and the future to deal with. The pandemic is returning to a boil, and so are the calls for some sort of relief bill. And some members are starting to get annoyed at GSA Administrator Emily Murphy over the presidential transition process. For more on the week ahead, WTOP Capitol Hill correspondent Mitchell Miller. And I guess it's a little bit surreal these days, Mitchell, but uh, what are, are they actually doing in this coming week? Well, this is going to be a big day for GSA Administrator Emily Murphy, who, as you know, is really feeling the heat. And congressional Democrats in particular have cranked it up over the past week, giving her until today to provide a briefing on ascertaining Joe Biden's victory so he can get transition resources to move to the White House. If she does not, they say she could be called in with other GSA officials to publicly testify at hearings before lawmakers. Murphy was sent a letter last week signed by the House Oversight and Reform Committee Chair Carolyn Maloney, Appropriations Committee Chair Nita Lowy, Virginia Congressman Jerry Connolly, who chairs the Subcommittee on Government Operations, as well as Illinois Congressman Mike Quigley, who chairs the Subcommittee on Financial Services, all of them making this push to make sure that Murphy does something now related to the transition. She is obviously jammed in a very tight spot. The White House has said it's her call, but she's clearly feeling the pressure not to announce anything uh, as these unfounded legal claims get tossed out in court related to the election. Because the letter to her did state that, well, all of the major news organizations have pronounced Joe Biden the winner. And while that's, let's face it, 99 percent likely, it's not an official pronouncement. Right. And it's interesting that the White House has tried to back off a little bit. Uh, Kaylee McEnany, when asked about this last week, said, again, that it was really Murphy's call. But clearly, she's really feeling a ton of pressure here. Really, uh, there's been, as you know, a lot of reports about her just feeling basically stressed out, being pinched from both sides as this moves forward. At some point, it's going to have to be resolved. And obviously, the Biden campaign and the president-elect's staffers are now also speaking pretty loudly about this, saying something needs to be done. And there's also been some members of Congress here, including some Republicans. The latest was on Friday, uh, Senator Lamar Alexander of Tennessee, longtime supporter of the president and Senator Mitch McConnell, basically saying that they need to move forward on this. And in her defense, we should say that Emily Murphy is not some kind of a lunatic fringe type of person. She's quite down to earth, quite normal, and has worked in other administrations. So that's, I think, an indication that she is getting pressure from both sides of this question. Right. Another example of someone who's a career government official who gets caught in these very strange times. All right. And uh, besides that, there is also telework. The Senate is uh, showing some signs on a bill there. Tell us what's happening right. well, on that for side. All- For all the complaints we've heard, and we've talked about this many times, about federal agencies dragging their feet on telework, this seems to be a bit of an emerging success story. Uh, Officials from the Labor and Transportation Department told a Senate panel last week that telework has actually gone surprisingly well in some cases. Keith Washington with the Transportation Department says a survey of managers found that about 55% of their working units, as they identified them, were more effective during the pandemic than before. As a result, They're considering changing their hiring policies, potentially opening things up for more applicants across the country who could do work remotely. Other agencies have had more limited progress. The Social Security Administration says it's still working through a lot of issues, and it doesn't really work, they say, for some jobs. Senator Lankford from Oklahoma has indicated he thinks that this is a positive thing and that they can potentially 
continue to expand telework through a lot of these agencies, as you and I have talked about, of course, on the House side, uh, Congressman Jerry Connolly continues to press for these agencies to do more to make sure that employees can do this. And especially since the pandemic is actually getting worse now, it looks like a lot of these agencies are going to have to continue these policies and perhaps expand them. We're speaking with Mitchell Miller, who is Capitol Hill correspondent for WTOP. And moving on to some of the more prosaic issues, it's like you can't have the sweet potatoes with <laughs> with the marshmallows on top until you finish your Brussels sprouts. But there's COVID relief. There's the omnibus spending bills they have to do. There's the NDAA. Is that going to come up this week? Because the time is running out. The time is running out, but, you know, Congress has really fled for the moment, so they're going to have a lot of work when they get back. And those Brussels sprouts really are burning in the oven right now because there has just been really very, very little progress on COVID relief, despite the repeated calls from members of both parties. On Friday, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi again pushed out the call, saying to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, who has not been involved in the negotiations directly, to come back to the table to try to get something going. But of course, there's this vacuum related to the transition, too, because House Speaker Pelosi, as we've talked about, has been negotiating with Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, but that is really frozen right now. So there have been some talks in general this past week. Basically, all of the power brokers' staff members got together, but that was really mainly a talk about all the issues related to the omnibus spending bill rather than COVID relief, although there were some tangential discussion about that. That is one positive thing related to all of this is this omnibus major spending measure, of course, coming up to a deadline on December 11th for another potential government shutdown. It does look like they are going to hopefully work something out in the next few weeks between staff and top members of Congress to try to get all of these appropriations bills passed. Obviously, if they don't, then we go to the old kick the can down the road approach of the continuing resolution. But really, lawmakers from both sides, a rare area of agreement here on the Hill. They don't want to go that route again. Now, there has been a lot of talk about whether they would somehow try to work in the COVID relief measures into that bill. It just doesn't look like it's going to happen. There's just too many moving parts right now, and they just really need to make sure that they get that done. And then, of course, the defense authorization, they are also moving forward on that as well. Still a lot of issues still to be worked out on that, but I think those two areas are ones that we can have a little bit of optimism as we wait for this whole turkey and everything to cook over the next few days. Sure. And before we go, is the House leadership question, does that come up or when does that actually come up? Right. So there will be a formal vote coming up in January. But this past week, basically, House Speaker Pelosi, Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, and the House Whip James Clyburn all got the positive backing of the Democratic caucus. It still has to be formalized with that vote coming up in January. But basically, the Democrats endorsed this trio that have been taking them through the last couple of years. And this is an older group. Let's face it. House Speaker Pelosi is 80. Uh, Steny Hoyer is 81, and James Clyburn is 80 as well. So Pelosi has indicated basically that this will be her last term. She has essentially led the Democrats since 2003, and I think then you're going to see some movement over the next 
not only years, but really in the coming months, I think you're going to start to see, obviously, the more liberal wing of the party starting to raise their voices. And among the people that everyone should kind of keep their eye on politically for uh, political watchers is uh, New York Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, who, again, is as chairing the caucus, but is widely seen as a likely successor to House Speaker Pelosi, provided that Democrats maintain power in the House, which they obviously lost a lot of seats sure. to the Republicans. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, it reminds me of that song from the Little Abner show, Who'd Think of Marion and Octenderian, and that's what you got with Clyburn Hoyer and Pelosi. Mitchell Miller is Capitol Hill correspondent for WTOP. As always, thanks so much. You bet. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.